Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tailgating with Lot C. I'm Joe, and I'm here with Mark. How you doing, everyone? And today we're serving up some food for thought on Corset 2021 and Standard in general. Um, so Corset came out on Arena a couple days ago, and we're looking at the way uh, the players have been playing these cards that have come out and seeing how it's affected or changed the the meta at all um, and the brews that people are coming up with and how they're utilizing all these new cards from the new uh, set and uh, how it might change what you see when you're playing. Because uh, with uh, while playing Arena and as well as just watching some other content creators, uh, we're starting to get an idea of what standards probably going to be looking like until uh, Zendikar comes out and we get some more rotations. Um, so what do you think uh, is the impact so far that M21 has had on standard? Well, as far as an overall meta shift, little to none, unfortunately, for the most part. However, I think that a lot of fun cards have come into the set. You know, Stormwing Entity is one of them. A few other cards, I like Village Rights. So I will say that, unfortunately, as the last few sets have done for me as arena-wise, there hasn't been enough meta change to actually promote more fun competitive gameplay. But as far as playing just for fun Mm -hmm. in general and knowing that I'm not going to care about playing ranked, trying to get the Mythic or anything because... I don't care enough to play against the same decks over and over again that are the same mm-hmm. ramp in general. You know, as far as the top decks are going to be Simic Turns, Bant Ramp and its Turns. You know, Bant Ramp has always been before. Team of Rec, it's all the same deck kind of. Right. You know, it's just ramping it a big thing. All the same concept. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna, I, I, it's not going to be that bad, at least as far as playing for fun. But competitive, right. not, not much has changed. Well, we're one set away from the rota- big rotation, and I'm hoping that when Zendikar comes out, we're gonna we're gonna see a large shift in the meta uh, for what we run into as far as ranked play goes. And um, yeah, when M21 came out, um, I was kind of hoping that there'd be a little bit more of a change, but it seems like Magic players are gonna be Magic players, and they're gonna play whatever's best. And unfortunately, to very Time Reveler and Uro are still the best cards in the game. Teferi Master of Time now with Ugin. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Right. So we look at what 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 has changed is Bant ramps uh, now ramping into the cons, into uh, you know a new Ugin's. You yeah. Know. So not a lot has changed. They're playing the same cards. They're they're going. They're they're. Playing the same exact cards to get to a slightly different win con. You gotta admit, it's hilarious that Nissa, Shaker of War, Shaker of Worlds, is not even played in that deck anymore. She had destroyed for you know months now in standard, and they're like, nah, don't need her anymore. Got to Fairy Nugan. You're nothing now. Right. Nothing, Nissa. Because it's, it's just like there's no downside with Ugin. It's mm-hmm. like you're going to destroy the entire board. And he can be played in any ramp deck, too, yeah, because he's colorless. he's colorless. So we've seen him in mono blue builds, mono blue ramping up into him blue with, with is, cards uh, like... Yeah, I saw Saffron play it. With cards like, you know, Solemn Simulacrum coming in to help yeah. with that. Uh, we Obviously, you see him in Bant ramp. You see him in Simic ramp. You see him in mono green. Yeah, with Azusa, it's like... And uh, Azusa and Dryad of the Elysian Grove, oh, it's so easy. So you easy. You don't even have to try. You, you get up to his CMC... You get like seven Instantly. lands on the board, like four, the t- fourth turn. I'm like, I'm not playing Primeval Titan, and I don't know what's happening. Right. Um. Yeah. So we, 
Don't see a huge shift. No. Not with this set. And as we've discussed, and you know we have differing opinions, I don't harbor much hope for Zendikar, unfortunately. As I know that there are a lot of more different land synergies in Zendikar with landfall triggers of actual just, you know, aggressive type or anything else. And there's a lot of different man lands and everything else in the previous Zendikar set. However, at the end of the day, there's a lot of land synergies. I think that they're going to put the, you know, as they've shown on this last block, they keep pushing the envelope of more green and blue. Just keep going with it. You know, it's going to rotate anyway. Let's just make it as powerful as possible and make it interesting. I think there's going to last push here with Zendikar also. I think it's going to be the same thing. But who knows? I could be wrong. I hope so. Well, we'll, we'll see if uh, the Royal comes in and shakes up the meta. Right. However, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We are now still just in the beginnings of Corset 2021. Right. So it just came out, and we're just basically looking at just a couple days of what people have brewed together. And one of those decks that people have brewed is a new Taking Turns deck with... Oh, uh, it's disgusting. What's that card? Dis- discontinuity. Discontinuity. Oh. Paired with the new Teferi for taking even more extra turns. It's disgusting. I mean, you know, we thought Nexus of Fate was bad. Well, we got this now. It's essentially the same thing, but I mean, you, it, it hurts almost even more because as you're playing Nexus of Fate, it's just, okay, well, they take another turn. This one, if you're playing the mirror match or just anything in general, you play, I don't know, you play that Croxa where you've escaped or you play Yugen on your side of the board or any other big spell, Dream Trawler, things of that nature. Discontinuity. You lose the spell and you lose the turn. Right. It's so even, it's, it's almost worse. I mean, it's a counter spell. Essentially. For the whole stack. Yeah. And your combat phase. Mm-hmm. It's like it's even more than that. And it's only six mana with right. all these mana ramp things. You're going to do it on like turn three or four. Yeah. Possibly. So, so that's definitely a uh, bit of a toxic and card. That's not even mentioning the fact that you can play for two mana in your turn to stop an Uro escape trigger. So play Uro for three mana and you get him back without even having to escape anything. You don't even need to play any graveyard synergy. Right. Escape any cards. Don't need to. Don't even need to do it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so uh, beyond that, we haven't seen too much change. And I mean, Team Wreck is still being played everywhere, especially yeah. in the higher ranks. Don't count your chickens, people. You're going to get an expansion explosion for about 14. Don't, it'll happen. It's going to happen to you. It's because, yeah, Team, Team Wreck isn't going anywhere. It's still a fantastic deck. Everyone's going to be playing it. Um, so look forward to the mirror matches that you're going to have in the later games of Ranked. Yeah, I, I do not envy you people going for Mythic. Have fun with the grind. Stay sane. Drink a lot of water. It's going to be an all-day job. I'll stick at Bronze. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, so do you have any kind of predictions for what standard is going to look like from here on out and going towards Zendikar? Well, as we've said, you know, Simic turns, Simic ramp, Simic control, all sorts of variants in that, band ramp and different variants of that store of Wilderness Wreck, you know, Team of Wreck. They're all going to be the top decks. John Sack might poke its head out, maybe a little bit of Zori's control, see how Terra Fairy Master of Time and Dream Trawler can, you know, work out in that sense. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that Demir Flash deck works. You know, there's a lot of good Flash cards out there now. You know, Spectral Sailor and that other new Rogue that's in this new set are pretty good. There's a lot of, uh, you know, attacks you know, le- or cheapening of effects for Flash. And then there's still that one, that Slither Wisp, I believe it's called. That card's still really good. It's just, is it going to be quick enough? You know, can you play that Demir Tempo Control build where you can counter their big enough spells against these Mana Ramp decks and still get out the things that you can swing with and win? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Rakdos could be interesting with the new Liliana. She's quite good. You know, I think she might be a little bit overlooked. And is it with, you know, Sprite Dragon, Storming Entity, and all these other cards on Miscast? Could also be interesting to see, but I don't know. It's just, it's hard to just combat, you know, huge amount of mana. It's, it's hard. 
It is hard. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see so much ramp, I think, going forward till Zendikar comes out. Like, and you could see some of the cards they printed in, like in React. Like, you can tell that Blitz of the Thunder Raptor was printed afterward to be like, all right, well, maybe this will help against the Uros and the Kroxas. Mm-hmm. Miscast can be used against Expansion Explosion. It's one mana, and then they play it for like 14, and then you counter it. Mm-hmm. D Spark can be used on, well, it was printed, Evil was printed after, but it can be used on Wilderness Wreck. There's a few things in Containment there. Containment Priest as well. Containment Priest. But it's like, is it enough when you keep just maxing out the power on these huge blue and green cards? It's just like, you could print the response cards, but it's like, you're printing tools to combat just behemoths of cards. Right. It's it's like, I don't know if it's big enough. Yeah. So, speaking of some interesting decks that you said might crop up here and there, uh, do you have any kind of decks that you are trying to build or that you want to play? Uh, the Is It Storming Entity Flyers deck with uh, the new counter spell from 21 that uh, essentially is a bigger mana leak with a flyer on the board. I can't remember the name of it right now, but you know, we all know what you're talking about. We'll uh, Lofty story. Denial. Lofty Denial. Pretty good card. Uh, I think a Rakdos build with Liliana and maybe Tyremet Calls the Dead, as well as you know a few other cards like that with Village Rights could be interesting to see. But we'll see how it goes. You know, I don't expect any of these decks to do anything for me in ranked, nor do I. am not sure if I'm going to play ranked, but they seem fun. You know, new counters deck with scavenging ears and conclave mentor too. I know you're a big fan of that deck. Right. I was going to say, yeah, that's probably going to be one of the decks I focus on trying to do well with. Uh, pairing conclave mentor with cards like scavenging ooze and uh, pelt collector. And some of the other things, I've even tried it out with some artifacts using Steel Overseer. Yeah, Stone Quail Serpent as well. Stone Quail Serpent, yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun playing those. It's, you know, basically a Hardened Scales deck in Standard, which is very fun to play because Hardened Scales in Modern is Blast. True. Well, it was now. That it was really unplayable now that Loras was gone. Yeah, that's true. But I'm okay with that, to be honest. Yeah, beyond that, I mean, uh, I want to try to build a Vampire's deck maybe with... Uh, the new, the uh, new uh, patrician uh, and then card. It's the one that starts with a V, I believe his name is. Uh, Vito. Vito, yes. Right. Vito. He's he seems fun at least. Seems so. seems like fun. Yeah, these are. I mean, you know, going forward towards Zendikar, while we're waiting for the, you know, change in meta that's going to happen when everything rotates, or will hopefully happen when everything rotates. I uh, just like to build decks for fun because I'm not going for the ranked grind. I'm not going for mythic. No, I'm not. So I'm going to do the thing where I try to play Azorius Flyers with, you know, a bunch of counters and have fun with that. I'm going to do the thing with Conclave Mentor playing Selesnya, which never really works in standard. I'm going to try Is It with, you know, uh, Stormwing Entity. I'm going to try out some of the fun cards and hopefully I'll enjoy it. Hopefully. Playing unranked, you do usually run into more interesting decks, more creative, little powered down for the sake of fun or tribal builds that you would see there as opposed to ranked where you're going to run into those top meta decks. So there is still a fun place. And of course, we still have uh, lots of limited game modes we can play on Arena and Brawl is an absolute blast to play all the time. That's Um, true. The more cards they print out, the more Brawl becomes much more fun. And even Historic has a little bit of potential. Yeah, historic actually. That's historic is looking really good, especially with Jumpstart coming out soon. Uh, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, hopefully. Is it? I mean, it'd be better if I could get a bit more access to wild cards on Arena instead of just dumping my entire wallet into it. But 
We'll see how it goes. All right, so moving on from standard, uh, we'd like to discuss some cards from M21 that we might see crop up in modern. Do you have any cards in mind? Well, the first card I think that everyone's thinking about is Miscast. I think Miscast has a lot of potential. I know that a lot of GDS players are seeing how it'll work inside the deck itself. I don't think it's a savior for GDS, but it's interesting to see how it'll work. You know, playing against band control, you know, a one mana counter for instant or sorcery. It'd be interesting to see. One mana make them pay three three mana. That's really powerful. It could be very powerful in modern. Yeah, I think it might see more play as a sideboard piece. True. Uh, rather than straight up replacing uh, uh, Stubborn Denial, Stubborn Denial in, in a Grixis Death Shadow list. But it definitely has a lot of potential for modern, for sure. Especially if the meta shifts too, because in the current meta, the fact that it can't hit artifacts is a very, very big deal. Countering things like Astrolabe or anything else such as that, or even Thopter Foundry or anything else of those nature. Right. It's just, you you know, it's impossible to hit those things. But, you know, if you count, if you come back into a meta where people aren't playing as many artifacts and snow kind of goes down in the meta, it could be different. But either way, right now, it's definitely not the savior. But Eliminate's a card that I think could be very interesting in uh, modern. Eliminate for sure, yeah. I mean, two mana. Destroy a creature or planeswalker, three CMC or less. What do you see in modern? You see creatures and planeswalkers, three CMC or less. Tarmogoyf. Pretty much only what you're going to see. Once in a once in a while, there'll be a four or five CMC walker you see or you know creature, but nine times out of ten, you're going to see snapcasters. You're going to see, you know, like you said, Tarmogoyfs. You're going to see Uro. Goblin Guide, everything like that. Yeah. So, and if you're playing black, you can't take, you can't hit them with it. You're playing Thoughtseize, probably. It'll be fine. Um, another one I'd say is Village Rights. I do like Village Rights a lot, especially in like a Marty Pyromancer build. I, I've, I favor heavily because, you know, it's going to give you the cast trigger. If you got an elemental on board, which you probably should have if you're playing Young Pyromancer, otherwise you're still in deep, deep trouble. Let's draw two cards, which Pyromancer struggles a lot with without using cards like Bedlam Reveler, which I think is just not good enough for the meta currently. It doesn't work as well. So I think that makes up the gap as far as value because Urza is all value. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to combat it a little bit. Right. And I mean, pretty much throw that in any aristocrat style deck. Oh, yeah. Aristocrats. In, in, any any deck that you you don't mind dropping off a creature for drawing two or even in response to, you know, a creature being, you know, destroyed or bolted or whatever. Boom. Pay one black. Draw two cards off it. Very nice. And for all you people still playing Pioneer, there's an I know there's an Abzan Rally, the Ancestors deck that people like to play. Goes perfectly in there. You know, and Abzan can kind of run low on cards. Draw two, keep it going. So, but if you're playing Pioneer, I still feel really bad for you. Uh, do you see Sublime Epiphany going into Modern at all? Uh, I think maybe in, if Azorius Control crops up again, you know, it could be more of a big cryptic command spell, you know, I don't think, it, I don't think you play it as what as a, as a replacement for cryptic command, but say if you build that kind of list where, you know, some Azorius control build still played uh torrential gear Hulk. Mm-hmm. If you're playing those big two of one of three of big creatures in that style of build, you know, you re, you copy a torrential gear Hulk enters the battlefield, recast another big spell, like an end of the story or another cryptic command or something of that nature. That can be really interesting. But if you're still playing the control builds nowadays of Urza or playing, you know, 
fairy time uh, to fairy hero dominaria. I don't think it currently helps that, but like things like mixed cast and sublime epiphany are probably for you can see it more in the future. But even still, I don't think it's that good for modern. But it could be. I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, so one more card that I think might see some play in modern is Stormwing Entity. I think it could be played in any kind of prowess deck, whether it's, you know, just straight up is it prowess or thrown into maybe a Phoenix build. Yeah, definitely. Uh, even though Phoenix obviously isn't seeing too much play in modern, I think it definitely adds a little little bit of power to those decks. Being able to cast that thing for two mana, have a flyer in the air with prowess is pretty good. Yeah, especially if you can make it work with Manamorphose and that card together are like, you know, the best thing since, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. Right. Literally, you know, Manamorphose, keep them on a mana, play draw a card, and then play that card, scry two, and have a 3-3 three, three on board. Yeah. Like, that combination alone is amazing, and is definitely modern playable, That those eight cards together, that those two playsets. However, can you make it worth, let's say, like a gut shot? You know, gut shot on turn two for the negative two, and then play Storming Entity? Can you make that work? I'm not sure there's any other cards that really replicate Manamorphose's ability, because I believe it's you have to cast an instant or sorcery in order to get the the trigger correct. So you can't play right. like uh the what is the hybrid gruel thing that you play and you get the mana back burning tree emissary burning, burning tree emissary like you can't do that. But you know if you can play like gut shot and some of the prowessy things like in the same way that Phoenix was doing it with Manamorphose, could work. But you know that might be a bit of a stretch. But we'll see. It's definitely a powerful card and in the future. If, Metamor- if there's another card that's similar to Metamorphos comes out, that deck could be real. Well, I can see it going into something even just like, you know, uh, Mono Red Prowess. Just start splashing blue for some more, uh, you know, Antrip style cards and, you know, this in there along with that. Because flying goes over a lot of things. It's true. Sometimes uh, cards like, uh, was it Soul Scar? Soul Scar Mage. And, uh, you know, Monastery Swift Spear. Sometimes they have a little trouble getting through. That's true. Uh, so a card like Storming Entity could definitely give them a decent power boost, I'd say, if, they, if they're willing to go into the, into the blue color pie. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think they might need some more cards, but it, it will, some people will probably play around with it. All right, so um, do you have any cards in mind that you're looking for to trying out in other formats besides standard, be it Commander or Modern or anything else? Uh, I think that a few cards we've already discussed are definitely Commander playable. Sublime Epiphany, one of, is very good in Commander as a one of. You know, Cryptic Command, you don't ever see really in Commander, but as Sublime Epiphany, for what it does, can be really, really interesting because in any number of combination of colors, Teamer, you play it in a Simic Commander deck, you play it in a Izzet Commander deck, making another big copy of a creature that you have can be really, really powerful. And then all of its other effects are insane as well, I think. So that's a that's one that I think is more fitted to Commander, I would say, for the most part. Absolutely not a dead card almost at any point no, during the game when you're able to cast that. And the minimum you draw a card. Right. You're. I mean, it answers so many problems, whether you want to bounce something or you need a card draw or you got to counter something. I mean, it's always going to come in handy. The one card that's going to be insane in Commander is Peer into the Abyss. Pure into the that in combo. a Mechuzar deck is going to be stupid good. And I'm going to hate it when we have to play against our friend's Mechuzar deck because it's going to be an instant win. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, if we're going to invite him to the table anymore. Not if he's playing Mechuzar, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, no, that Nekuzar alone is already a pain in the butt to play against. Super powerful and kind of makes you not want to play the game True. in a way where it's like, well, do I want to draw this? You know, do I want to draw cards so that I can actually play? Or do I want to sit here and just hope that I don't take, you know, 16 damage on my upkeep from all these extra cards I'm drawing every turn? Uh, but yeah, the Peer into the Abyss combo with in the Nekusar deck is utterly broken. Yeah, and there's some like again, some like we mentioned, Conclave Mentor going to a Gavu Tokens Counters deck, perfectly fine. You know, you already have Hardened Scales in there. You already have uh, Winding Constrictor. Throw that in there, and that's another effect of the same redundancy, which is fine in Commander. You're gonna want that. Uh, other cards. Um. Off the top of my head, I can't think of it immediately. I mean, Azuz is a great reprint. Do you have any cards that you want to try out in Commander? Mm. Like yourself? Like any any legendary creatures in this set that you want to build around specifically? Or any cards that you just would like to add to existing lists you have? Well, as if you watch the channel might know, we uploaded a Subira budget Commander list that I myself have already, I'm owning. You know, should be coming in the mail any day now. So that's one that I think is really interesting. You know, I've always been a huge fan of the Cavalcade deck when it originally came out, not the one that they combined combined with Chandra's Spitfire. That was actually decent in the meta for a little bit. I've been playing Cavalcade in in Arena for ever since it came out in Allegiance. You know, I played so many variants. I've even played a Boros Cavalcade deck with I think Swift Blade, Swift Blade Vindicator from Guilds was one of them, and then mm-hmm. that new Boros Knight from Commander Twenty that creates some tap. Knight that's attacking. Uh-huh. I, I've tried to play that card everywhere, so a commander version of that deck per se is just even more fun to me. You know, and I'd say it's unique too because you don't often see those kind of low to the ground, uh, you know, uh, one to two to three toughness creatures swinging in. I mean, beyond maybe you know go wide token strategies, but usually in commander, cards like Monastery Swift Spear don't work that well. No, um, but allowing. Uh, uh, giving your creatures uh, unblockable, I mean, that basically makes them work because, you know, before a Monastery Swift Spear, you know, maybe you prowess it up a little bit, uh, but most of the time in Commander, there's going to be a big blocker sitting on the other side of the board that's going to see the Monastery Swift Spear. It'll be maybe a, you know, 3-3-4-4, maybe a 5-5 if you're really lucky that turn with prowess triggers. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get through any kind of damage at all, but with uh, Subira on the board, giving all your creatures unblockable or as many as you can unblockable, you're gonna you're gonna start pinging through for some damage. And if you got Cavalcade on the board when you're yeah, swinging in, Raymond as well, doubling up all those things. Right, you're gonna you're gonna start chipping away life totals a lot, you know, pretty fast. And I think it could eventually start getting out of control. And like I said, I just like that. With this commander, you're going to be able to play cards that generally you would just pass over if you're building a commander deck. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and quite different. Any commander decks you're building or trying to add any cards from this set and any new commander decks of your own? Um, So one of the cards that I'm looking to add to a deck is the Brash Taunter. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of Stuffy Doll. I'm a huge fan of Stuffy Doll, and I absolutely love uh, pairing uh, cards like Starve Extinction or Blasphemous Act with cards like uh, uh, Pyromancer's Goggles, uh, Dictated of Twin, Twin Gods, Gods of course. to double up on the damage that it's dealt. 
So then when it hits Duffy Doll, I'm hitting upwards of 26 times two, you know. Times three, times four, times right. five. Yeah, I know. Just just uh, absolutely blowing them out with, with a Stuffy Doll kill. Or in this case, obviously, I could throw in a Brash Taunter into the list as well. He fits right in. So that's a lot. That's a that's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing that. I, uh, one of the first modern decks I built was a mono red Tron deck that took advantage of that. And uh, you know, Brash Taunters essentially the same uh, in a way, a little bit better than Stuffy Doll because it allows you to target an opponent rather than when you play Stuffy Doll, you choose an opponent which uh, who will take the damage with Brash Taunter. You get to choose it at the time. True. So, you know, if you're playing Stuffy Doll, similar to playing the Rack in Modern, once you kill that opponent, you know, it goes away. Obviously, in Modern, once you kill the person with the Rack, it's over. But say the Rack in, like, Commander doesn't work, it's eventually a dead artifact once the player you've targeted is gone. Mm-hmm. Same thing will happen with Stuffy Doll, but, yeah, you play Brash Taunter, it's just like, oh, well, now I'm going for you. And right. Go for you. Yeah, it's almost, you have to uh, bounce Stuffy Doll back to your hand in order to make it useful again or purposely kill it and reanimate it. Something like that. Yeah, and if you're playing it in red or even a red variant, unless you're playing blue, it's going to be quite difficult to play. Definitely. What do you think about the new uh, green commander from Core 21, the one that creates cat tokens, Joel Rail? What do you think of her as a commander? I think she could be a lot of fun. You pair her with different enchantments that have uh, creature uh, ETB triggers that great hands that allow for drawing cards. Uh, you're gonna create a massive army of cats. I believe Colossal Majesty or Colossal Might, which is the one that if you have a four power greater, you draw one. Mm-hmm. Sylvan Library. I know all you commander players know about that one. That card's gonna be really good with her. Mm-hmm. You're gonna guarantee you get a cat every turn. And with her ability, you can't underestimate her other ability. Pay four generic and two green. End of turn. Creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where it's a number of cards in your hand. If you're able to maintain a big hand size with all those sorts of things, you got seven cards in hand. Now you got seven sevens. So you, those cats are not two twos. And you would hope that in the commander shell, you'd be drawing all a lot of cards, especially when it's, you know, her trigger happens on your second draw. So you're going to be sure. drawing for upkeep. Then you're going to make sure you draw again, which means you're going to be constantly refilling your hand. So when her second ability comes into play, you should have theoretically a pretty large hand. If you pair that with a card like uh, Reliquary Tower or Spellbook, Thought Vessel as well. Thought Vessel, yes, you'll 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 have a massive hand and boom, swing in with you know some ten tens, uh, possibly. Yeah, and another card for if you guys have watched Subira video is a Idol of Oblivion, which two mana tap it down, draw a card if you've created a token this turn. If you're playing Sylvan Library. That on the board, you're automatically going to get the cat. Then you can just tap it down and draw a card every turn. That's pretty powerful. That is super powerful. So I think she could be definitely a really fun commander. And two mana only, too. Yeah, I mean, two mana, as you've seen, Stuffy Doll and Jumpstart. Two mana. Uh, tiny Bones. Oh, sorry. Tiny Bones and Jumpstart. Yes, uh, two mana commanders are really, really powerful. Yeah, when you when your commander dies and you have to pay the commander tax... Feels a lot better when you're starting off with a two-mana commander. Yeah, then it's only going to be four, so it's not going to be too bad. Uh, so what do you think about Vito in a commander build? Vito can be really, really fun. You know, 
Black Vampire is always a fun deck. I know that he could slot in maybe into an Edgar Margrov deck. I'm not sure you've tried thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But if you could just play effects with him as Exquisite Blood and Sanguine Bond, he already has that one effect on him. Right. You could just win the game outright. So if you play a more of a combination style deck, and if you're playing in black, you got access to every tutor under the sun you want. Diabolic, Vampire Tutor, Demonic Tutor, you know, all those tutors. You know, you could find the cards you need. So it could be a very interesting style deck. And if you just play life gain as it is, you know, you could be you do quite fine. You know, there's plenty of draining and life gain cards in black that you could just win the game anyway. Right. I mean, you got exquisite blood and all that. So with with vampires, they're more than likely going to have life links. So that's just an extra additional yeah. damage that you're going to be doing to the opponent simply by. I mean, it's almost it almost in a way gives your creatures with life link double strike. Yeah. I mean, when he's it, on the board. At the end of the day, cards like Kalidus, Trader of Get from Oath of the Gatewatch, are not bad cards. So even playing them, pretty decent. Uh, what do you think about Rada as far as a uh, commander? I don't think she's the best commander. I think she fits into the 99 of the deck that she wants to play that is similar. You know, there's a bunch of gruel land, you know, decks out there. Right. There's one additional land playing creature from Oath of the Gatewatch as well. That's, a, that's an elf that works. You know, there's plenty of those t- style of cards that she's not the best leader per se, but she's... She fits well into the 99, you know, she definitely not a bad card. So that's, I think, where she would go. Speaking of slotting into the 99, would you say uh, Godrak would slip, uh, go into the 99 or is he a commander? Yeah, Godrak is definitely not a commander in my opinion. Yeah. You, know, you know, his stipulation isn't fantastic. You know, maybe, and the fact that he's mono-red, you can't play so much aristocrat-style stuff, so... You'd have to play him with, you know, some way to sacrifice artifacts, which there's few, but he's not he's not really a commander. But if you play him in a model red artifact synergy build, like, you know, I've Bosch, I've tried out on Gollum, you know, he can definitely be powerful, you know, mm-hmm. creating all those treasures and just being a big mana and using it on huge spells. It could be interesting. Definitely. Uh, what about Baron? Baron is, I think, very promising, but he could be a quite an aggravating commander to play against with mm-hmm. things like crystal shard to bounce things to your hand and right just you know stifling opponents out with those style of cards he could definitely be powerful but i i'm not sure he's definitely not going to be a commander that you can write i can build a four power style deck to bring to a table i can to build a six he's probably going to be not great or he's going to be broken in a style deck that you want to play on your your play group probably not going to want to play against either a three deck or a nine deck, they're going to want to probably be somewhere in that five to seven range of just fun but competitive, in my opinion. But he definitely can be built as a, fun, a good commander, that's for sure, in my opinion. What about Mangara? Mangara? It could be interesting. You know, white doesn't have, you know, a mono white commander deck is not the greatest. You know, there's not so I'd many. I'd rather power. play somebody like Linden. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not that many great powerful cards. I think Mangara definitely probably goes in the 99, but, I mean, if you play stuff like Blind Obedience, you play all these other taxing effects, Authority of the Consoles, you could make it work. You could make you it could work. see it, but yeah. how much fun are you going to have? I'm not sure. I think for the most part, he'd be part of the 99. It's just a decent way for Mono White to get some card draw. Yeah, I've, I've heard of him probably going into Boros builds definitely is a way to do it, but we'll see. You know, if you want to, if you really like playing Mono White, if you're a Pleasant Kenobi, go for it. Sure, have fun with it. Yeah, so there's a lot of really interesting and cool legendary creatures uh, in this core set. 
Uh, we're not going to go over all of them, uh, but there's a lot of promise to them, and so far we've already made one uh, commander deck uh, with uh, Subira. Subira, and probably probably going to be some more coming from the channel as well uh, with some of the legendaries in this set. Um, but with that, um, we're probably going to wrap this up. Um, Want to do a little bit of a closing statement, like so far, obviously. Course at 2021 is still new, but what are your, I guess, final thoughts on uh, the set itself, the cards that are in the set, what you think it's adding to the game, etc.? I think that the set itself is quite good. I'm gonna, I'd say I'm gonna give it three different ratings, but I would say, discussion wise, Course at 21, fantastic reprints, so already it's a win. Definitely right. the reprints, no matter what the other card did. I agree. The fact they're reprinting all those cards that are very expensive and I putting agree. other people in the game, it's already a win. Impact on standard, some fun cards, but not enough to shift the meta, so I can't give them a good grade there. But they print, but however, they print enough cards that it can go into a bunch of different fun shells. Stormwing Entity can go into decent modern Pioneer decks, can be fun. Enough redundant cards that are, you know, vampires that are fun, can go to Commander or anything else. You know, so I think that way they're pretty good. So I would say overall, you know, impact on standard, it's a three out of 10 for standard overall. I find it quite boring overall as far as competitive and just diversity. Mm -hmm. However, I thought previous to the set, it's a one out of 10 generally, like genuinely, it's terrible before the set standard meta. Right. But it's new cards, probably a six out of 10, reprints, 10 out of 10, set overall, eight out of 10, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe I'll make it a nine out of 10. I'll agree with you. I would say, yeah, the reprints alone in the set make it fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there's so many reprints in this thing that made it, that are, are dropping the price on so many commander cards and uh, making them so much more affordable. So that alone is a win. Like you said, impact on standard, not going to change too much. Uh, obviously, flavor of the set, it's a core set, so there's nothing yeah, there's really not to say themes. about that. You know, as opposed to comparing it to something like Theros or Ikoria. And even then, Theros under-delivered, in my opinion, heavily. Not in theming, but in cards, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say, no, overall, it's a fantastic set um, on its own. Um, and I'm happy that it's out. And I'm enjoying the cards. I'm enjoying brewing with the cards. And we'll just uh, see how the ride goes until Zendikar comes out. Yeah, my last things I'll say about that. Zendikar is our last chance to prove that this year is not a failure as far as standard sets go. And if they don't do it well, fortunate, but I think what they got to start doing is coming back to the planes that made them great. Come to back to the Innistrads and other places like that. Go back to Ravnica, and why not? The last time Guilds of Ravnica came around, fantastic. So hopefully they take from this year either way how Zendikar goes and think about where they're going to do next. Throne of Eldraine Part 2. No, thanks. The Return of Oko. No, thank you. I'm okay. It's coming. Bring me back to Innistrad. I want some more. Oko, Oko's coming to Innistrad. I'm pretty sure what happened was Emrakul somehow teleported him there. He's just going to ruin the whole plane. Well, he certainly would be a nightmare there. I'll tell you that much. Oh, uh, All right, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. We're going to be trying to do these once a week. Uh, so if you enjoy listening to us ramble about Magic the Gathering, you know, hit that bell. 
Please. Get the notifications. Comment down below. Start the conversation. Get the conversation going. We'll reply. You know, maybe it'll take us a day, but we'll try. We'll get there. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter as well, at Coast Lizards. We're moving quickly, but we want to keep growing. That's right. So uh, if you enjoyed this video, guys, go ahead and give the uh, video a like. And uh, we'll see you next time. Make sure to pay your parking and have a good night.